This is a Locker Room Production. What's going on, Bucko fans? This is Talk the Plank, Episode 7 of Pittsburgh Pirates Podcast on SB Nation's Bucks Dugout. I'm Nathan Hirsch, and today we are talking some Pirates, as we always do. Um, Pirates are fresh off another road series win, this time taking two out of three games against the Detroit Tigers, including a a split yesterday um, on a doubleheader, and then a win today, 4-2. to Before we get to that, though, some roster moves with the Pirates. Um, decent amount of moves. Starting yesterday, the Pirates designated for assignment Anthony Alford. As we know, Alford struggling mightily. Um, a whole bunch of strikeouts. He is now gone. Or we'll see if he clears waivers and is uh, turned to the alternate camp. But um, he's gone. Called up for him is Rodolfo Castro, the very young infielder, um, 21 years old, never played above high ball. He actually got the start yesterday and struck out once. He was over three, made a play at third, but it's kind of cool to see the Pirates giving a chance to such a young player. They also claimed Kai Tom off of waivers, an outfielder from Oakland. And yesterday, getting the start was Miguel Yajure. He was the taxi squad starter. He has since been optioned. We'll talk about his start a little bit later. Today, the moves that were made, um, the Pirates' other center fielder, Dustin Fowler, also designated for assignment. Like Alford, he was really struggling, striking out a ton, not hitting, and kind of – kind of a quick hook on both Alford and Fowler, which is kind of interesting because with the old front front office regime, that that wasn't always the case. They would kind of let these guys really get a chance to prove themselves. But uh, with Sherrington, Ben Sherrington, it's interesting to see these guys. They got chances. They got at-bats, but it didn't work out in about three weeks, and now they're gone. They're off the roster. Once again, we'll see if Fowler clears waiver as well uh called up for him though was todd frazier the todd father he actually got the start at dh today and uh the other move is that chad cole is now on the injured list i'm not exactly sure why but jeff hartley was called up to replace him so a whole bunch of roster moves like i said it's kind of interesting some young guys getting chances like castro you yesterday todd Frazier, not young, but he's called up as well. So we'll see what happens. Uh, The Pirates don't really have a true center fielder on the team, but that's all right because Brian Reynolds will now be the everyday center fielder. Uh, Wilmer Defoe could also play a little bit of center field. We'll see if Eric Gonzalez gets a chance. We'll see, too, if Cole Tucker at some point gets called up. Um, But, yeah, that's it right now. Some bad news is that Key Brian Hayes re-aggravated his wrist, taking live – actually, I think it was in a live BP or a simulated game last night. Uh, he will be reevaluated, So we won't, we won't see Hayes anytime soon, I don't think. It was looking like maybe within the week he'd get a 
he'd get a chance. But for now, he will be reevaluated. Hopefully, hopefully we get to see Hayes soon, though, and this doesn't linger all season. Just to be safe, though, I'm not a doctor. Perhaps uh, give him like a month or so. But Hayes is injured. Cole also on the injured list. And uh, this is the squad right now. The Pirates are 9-10. and 10. Pretty crazy. After they started 1-6, and six, things looked very bleak. I remember on the preview pod I said the, uh, the main quote was, this team's going to stink, it's going to be a different kind of stink. And I remember saying, I don't know if this team's going to start off terribly and just be terrible the whole season, or if they were going to, you know, kind of be scrappy and hang in some games and win a few. So far, 19 games in, 9-10. and 10, they have been pretty respectable. Still not good. Still not a good ball team. I'm not going to go there yet. Um, but they're stringing together some wins. And it's pretty fun to see. Um, pretty fun to see them do that. So, yeah, today, 4-2 win over the Tigers. Pretty sound game. Uh, Mitch Keller was solid. He went five innings. Gave up five hits, had five strikeouts, did not walk a batter, which is huge, allowed a home run. He was nice. Uh, this, this, Either this or the Cubs start was his best start of the season. Um, but it's kind of up and down, and today was more of an up than a down for Keller. So you like to see that. The bullpen as well today, four innings, no runs allowed. You love to see that the bullpen continues to get out and uh, kind of be the strong, strong point of this team. Pirates win to four to two. Adam Frazier, three hits. Eric Gonzalez, two hits with another pair of two out singles that drove in uh, a run in each time. So nice day from him. Brian Reynolds, one for two on the day, two walks. You like to see the walks. Just a pretty sound game altogether. Even Gregory Polanco got a hit, ending an 0-for-13 skid. And he had a stolen base. So, a nice game. The team is 9-10. and um, You love to see it. Looking at the doubleheader yesterday, the Pirates split with the Tigers. In game one of the doubleheader, we had Tyler Anderson go five strong. Um, five innings, he struck out seven, only gave up two earned runs. And then the seventh or the eighth and ninth inning guys got to be the sixth and seventh inning guys shutting down the game. Kyle Crick had the hold and Richard Rodriguez had the save another two scoreless innings from the bullpen yesterday in the first game. Uh, also in that game, just more runners in scoring position hitting. The Pirates have been pretty sneakily good at getting quote-unquote clutch hits. Men in scoring position, they've been able to get these runners in. I've been saying this. I've been uh, all over this all year. There's not a lot of power on this team. And for this team to score runs, they're going to have to string together some rallies. And so far this year, they've been able to do that. They were able to do that in game one in the fourth inning. They scored three runs. Yesterday, that's all they needed. Like I said, Anderson was really good, and Kyle Crick, Richard Rodriguez, each had a scoreless inning. 
Game two yesterday. Uh, this was a pretty fun game. The Pirates did lose. They lost 5-2. to two, But we got to see Miguel Yajure for the first time. And the line doesn't look great. Um, what did he pitch here? He pitched, pitched four and a third, four earned runs, and gave up some hits. Didn't look great. But all in all, I mean, it was it was pretty impressive what he did. Struck out four, trying to pull up the box score here. Uh, struck out four, gave up four earned runs, like I said. But the first three innings were really clean. He was pounding the strike zone. Um, his stuff, stuff-wise, the fastball, low 90s, sitting at 91. Not terribly uh, fast or impressive, but the off-speed stuff. Changeup was in the high 80s. It sat 87, 88, and had downward movement and faded away from left-handers, which I, I really like that pitch. He also threw a slider, which looked decent. I really like the curveball, though. Uh, Mid-70s, true 12-6, to six, true loopy-looking curveball. And uh, he got some swings and misses on that pitch. He looked pretty good, though. Four and a third, four hits, the four earned runs. You don't like to see that. He kind of fell apart in the fifth inning, giving up a home run to Jonathan Shoup. And then uh, Badu got a double. And it kind of unraveled for him there. But before that, he looked good. And we'll see when he gets his next chance. Um, I know he was optioned today. And he'll get a chance at some point this season. With uh, Chad Cool on the IL, I believe Sunday was his scheduled start, and we will get a bullpen day there. But thinking about um, Yahure, who I'm now saying his, ni- his name correctly, which is which is good. I called him Yahure before, but Yahure, he's he's one of these young Pirates pitchers in the pipeline, and if you look at a prospects list. The Pirates have a few promising guys. Um, Yuhere is one of them. He, according to Fangraphs, is their seventh-ranked overall prospect. We'll see if he's uh, one of these guys that's in the future rotation. I kind of see him as maybe a, a future solid number four starter on this team, I would hope. But, you know, you look at him, you look at Quinn Priester, who is taking leaps. He's the next uh, blue chipper type guy, if you will. Tanaj Thomas, also solid. Uh, Brennan Malone, who they got in the Starling Marte trade. He's good. You got Cody Bolton. He'll probably be up at some point this season. Ronzi Contreras, who was along with Yahure in the Jameson tie-on trade. There's a lot of pitchers, not to mention two, the Pirates have the very first pick in this year's draft. If they have, if they draft Jack Leiter or Kumar Rocker, you know I'm Team Leiter. If they draft one of those two, you know this farm system and starting pitching, it's going to be deep, and there's going to be some good pitchers that get left out of this future, you know, 2023, 20, 24 starting rotation, and um, we'll see where your hurray fits in with all of that. It's just something to keep an eye on in the future, but it was kind of cool to see him 
get his debut and the line didn't look great, but I really liked his demeanor on the mound. He wasn't scared at all. He attacked hitters. He had a few really easy innings. His first two innings, I think he threw maybe 15 pitches. Um, it was just fun to watch. So I'm excited to see what his, uh, his career looks like moving forward. And we'll see. Another one of those guys, I mean, in the rotation right now, Mitch Keller, like I said, he had a really nice start today. Five innings, struck out five, allowed two runs. And like your hurray yesterday, he, he actually uh, he attacked hitters. He kind of was in the zone a lot. May have been a little bit too much in the zone. He gave up that home run to Jacoby Jones. But with Mitch Keller, who in a few of his starts this year has struggled with command, the fact that he walked nobody is I, – I think that's a huge sign. So we'll see what's what's going on with him. We'll see how he keeps moving forward, I guess. Um, if anyone has any comments, we're here in the locker room app right now. Anything ha- – anyone has anyone – excuse me. If anyone has anything to say, drop in the comments. If you want to speak up, then talk to me. Feel free to uh, hit that record to speak if uh, if you have any takes that you would like to share here on the locker room app. The Pirates are nine and ten, and they've won eight out of their last twelve. Two straight road series victories, one against the Milwaukee Brewers. Who let's not scoff at that. The Brewers are a pretty good team, and. I think they just swept the San Diego Padres, who, by the way, the Pirates uh, split a four-game series with them. Tigers aren't really that great, but, hey, two wins out of three on the road. You'll take that anytime. I will say, uh, yes, they were able to win two out of three, but the offense is kind of starting to come back down to earth a little bit here. Um Adam Frazier had another three hits today, and that's solid. But, I mean, he's hitting right now. He's hitting 329, 415, 471. I don't know if that's going to continue. His WRC Plus before today's game was at 135. That's definitely not going to continue, especially if if you look at it, his hard hit rate is uh, – it's down to 18% before today's game. So he's not crushing the ball. He's kind of just finding holes. The one thing, though, that's great to see from Frazier, and we'll see. I don't think this will last all season, but before today's game and after today's game, he's walking more than he's striking out. Uh, didn't strike out or walk today, but just in general, before today's game, his walk rate was, I believe, about 11%, and the strikeout rate, 7.8%. So, Frazier is seeing the ball really well. Um, I don't think he's going to be a 135 WRC plus type of guy all season for his career. He's at 101, but if he could keep that in the 110s to 120s, he'll be extremely valuable and the pirates will have to think really hard about maybe 
trading him at the deadline for prospects, which doesn't sound fun when the team's winning right now in April, but that's just the reality of the situation. Um, Jacob Stallings has cooled off. He's 0 for his last, I don't know, 16 or 17 on the year now. He's hitting 208, 345 on base still, which is nice with the 292 slugging. He hasn't really been hitting uh, that well. Eric Gonzalez, he's kind of like Frazier in the fact that he's been getting a little bit lucky. Uh, You could call it clutch if you want. Like I said, today he had two clutch RBI singles, which were huge. On the year now, he's hitting 291, 304 on base, 436 slugging. Uh, The average exit velocity, though, isn't terribly high. It's in the 10th percentile of the of. I said the MLB a few times on the last pod, which I'm going to really try to not do. It's just MLB. It's not the Major League Baseball as an aside, but, uh, Gonzalez 10% percentile, 10th percentile in major league baseball. When it comes to average exit velocity, hard hit rate in the 24th percentile. Um, he's not striking out a ton, which is nice. And he is getting some barrels 54th percentile in getting barrels, barrel percentage, but the chasing is still there. He still doesn't walk at all. But I was thinking about this. If Eric Gonzalez is your everyday shortstop, which I believe he pretty much should be at this point, maybe not at shortstop every day, but he is an everyday player. If Gonzalez is your everyday shortstop, though, in theory, and he's hitting eighth, I mean, you could do a lot worse than that. He's got sneaky pop. Um, and, I mean, he's just – he's been – a good player this year. There's there's no other way to put it. Um, he's excellent in the field. You put him at second base, third base, shortstop. Good at all of those positions. He could play some outfield if you if you need him to, which I believe he will. Um, he's doing well. He's kind of playing over his head a little bit right now, but he's doing well. Brian Reynolds remains. Solid. Colin Moran, also good. Todd Frazier, he was 0 for 4 today, but I just want to say he hit a rocket to the left center field uh, gap there at Comerica, where straightaway center field's 420 feet, but it jets out. So in those corners, it's probably closer to 430. There's not actually a marker out there, but Frazier hit one to that left center field notch, if you will. Exit velocity was like 110 miles per hour. The ball traveled 412 feet. But Jacoby Jones just made an insane play to rob him there. But getting Frazier in the lineup, I think at this point, um, at least for the next series against the Twins, he probably should be in the lineup every day put him at first base, put him at third base. He could DH, obviously, like he did today. Getting Frazier in the lineup instead of, you know, the Alfords or the Fowlers of the world, that is going to be a boost for the Pirates' offense. Um, Gregory Polanco, you know, it's sad. 
In right field, he is pretty much a disaster at this point. He'll make the routine plays, don't get me wrong. Um, He'll catch the lazy fly balls, but just a few plays in this series, you're kind of reminded of just how bad Polanco is in right field these days. In the second game of the doubleheader yesterday, the Tigers hit a routine basic ground ball to right field. Uh, It was a hit and run, so I'll say that. But Tigers had a guy on first. He was stealing second. Ball got through. He ended up scoring. And that was straight up because Gregory Polanco, he just doesn't have an arm to throw out any base runners whatsoever. So his arm is shot completely. He can't throw out anybody. That run was on him. I get it. Like I said, it was a hit and run. The runner got a head start. But scoring on a ground ball up the middle past the second baseman into right when you're on first base is just not excusable. So that was a terrible play. Uh, Today, Nico Goodrum, he hit a rocket to right field. um, Ended up being a double. But you just look, Blanco couldn't get to the ball. The expected batting average on that specific double that Goodrum hit was 220. So that tells me that a, a normal, a decent fielding right fielder is able to get to that ball. Polanco wasn't. There was even a play in the seventh inning today where um, Tigers had runners on first and third, one out. It was a pop-up to right field. Polanco did make the catch, and he was able to throw the ball home, not allowing the, the runner to uh, tag up and score. But even that was just an adventure kind of looked, uh, I don't know. He did not look exactly comfortable making the play, but he made the play. I'll, I'll give him that. But the Polanco isn't hitting, and he's playing terribly in right field. I mean, he's going to keep getting at bats. I still hold out hope that he'll be able to put it together. He's still hitting the ball extremely hard. Um, he's, still, he's still got it in there. He's kind of selling out for power, which, I mean, it's good when he makes contact. Just looking at Polanco, his uh, peripherals right here. He's still striking out a ton, uh, which isn't great. Striking out, uh, let's see, he's in the 18th percentile when it comes to striking out, which is terrible. He still has a good eye. He's walking. The exit velocity is still there. His average exit velocity is in the 66th percentile among the majors. His hard hit rate is in the 77th percentile, and his max exit velocity is in the 99th percentile. So that what that tells me is when Polanco makes contact, I mean, he's still elite at uh, crushing the ball. But the thing is, he whiffs constant, constantly. He may walk, but he still chases, strikes out a ton. Um, Basically, when I watch Polanco hit, if he gets behind in the count, it's game over. He's getting out every time, and he's probably going to strike out. He's been unlucky. I know yesterday uh, he hit a rocket line drive, 116 miles an hour off the bat, went right to the right fielder for an out, which is just his luck, but... 
I'm still going to trot him out there. I still want him playing right field, but he needs to cut down on the strikeouts, hit a few more home runs, and you just got to live with the glove. The outfield defense is going to struggle with Reynolds as the everyday center fielder. You saw that today. Reynolds is a really good left fielder. I would say he's probably an average center fielder. He laid out for a diving catch today, didn't get it, led to an RBI double for the Tigers early on. But uh, we'll see. Nate here asks, do we have any options that would be better than Polanco? With Reynolds and Evans playing outfield already, the options seem limited. Exactly. That's, I mean, that's pretty much it. Um. The guys they called up, the guys they gave chances to, not called up. Alfred and Fowler, it didn't work out. Those guys stunk. Polanco, I would say, is infinitely better than those guys. Maybe not infinitely better, but he's better than those guys with the bat. So he needs to stay in the lineup. Um, I mean, kind of sucks. Jared Oliva, it was reported today. He's a center fielder that I thought maybe could get a chance, but he had an oblique strain, so he's out three to four weeks as a potential replacement. Um, So I don't really see that. At this point, when you look at the lineup with Hayes, he's not going to be back in a while. You could always put, you know, Eric Gonzalez or Wilmer Defoe, someone like that in right field. But, I mean... If you do that, then, I mean, I think Polanco's a better hitter than Defoe. And if you put Eric Gonzalez in right field, that means you have to give more at-bats to Kevin Newman, who has just been terrible, continues to be terrible. He had a hit today, so I'll give him that. But he's still hitting 177, 215 on base and slugging 210. So I don't want to be giving extra at-bats to Newman. Um, But I don't know. You still got to give Polanco these at-bats. We'll see. Maybe um, maybe Rodolfo Castro gets a few starts. He's kind of um, – he projects more as an all-or-nothing type guy. He's got huge raw power. I know in spring training, I remember he hit a, a missile grand slam switch hitter. He hit that one right-handed. He hit um, – freaking bomb but um I mean he's I don't think he's ready for every day at bats in the major leagues he's 21 years old like I said yesterday was 0 for 3 he played third base but um he'll probably get a start here and there I guess but I don't know I guess I guess potentially if you wanted to you could really just say uh Screw it with the defense, and you put Eric Gonzalez in right field, and perhaps Frazier at third. But then again, you're still giving at-bats to Newman. So I think um, at this moment in time, the best the best lineup has Polanco in it. With Hayes out and uh, Todd Frazier up, I I guess the best – starting lineup offensively you could say would be Adam Frazier first and second base um Philip Evans second in left field Brian Reynolds third in center field Colin Moran fourth at first base I guess Eric Gonzalez fifth 
at shortstop, Todd Frazier sixth at third base, Polanco seventh in right field, and then Jacob Stallings eighth at catcher. That's that's not great. Uh, I mean, I don't know. This offense is it's kind of getting lucky right now, I have to say. With the lack of power, the Pirates only hit one home run, I believe, over these three games. Phillip Evans hit a dinger yesterday. He He's cooled off a little bit, but his, uh, his peripherals remain strong. He's still hitting the ball hard a lot. He still had multiple uh, batted balls today of over 100 miles an hour. They just happened to be on the ground. So I'm not worried about him. I am worried about Adam Frazier. I know he's hitting, but he's getting a little lucky right now. And I don't think that he's going to keep walking more than he's striking out. So he's probably due for some regression. Eric Gonzalez, like I said, probably due for a little bit of regression. Um, Moran and Reynolds, I think they're they're solid. They're good. Mm. They're good hitters. I was going to say they're good middle-of-the-order hitters. Probably not that, but they're good Major League hitters. So they'll keep everything humming along here. But, yeah, this this team just needs needs some, uh, needs some more thump in the lineup. Hopefully Todd Frazier can help a little bit with that. I mean, he's not 40 home runs Todd Frazier by any means, like he was that one season. But... He still got it. I mean, he hit, he crushed that ball today, 110 miles an hour. Jacoby Jones just made an insane catch. But moving forward, I mean, the Pirates are nine and ten right now. They're still not. They're not a 500 team. They're not a good team, but they're playing sound baseball. I'll give them that. They've played solid defense this year. It seems. I keep saying this, but it is beautiful to watch a first baseman make throws to second base. I will never take that specific, that extremely specific skill. I'll never take that granted for ever again. It was great to watch whether it's Evans or Moran. They're able to just throw a strike to second base. Um, defensively, they're nice. Today was just a, it was a good game for the, the team. They made plays defensively. Mitch Keller was able to hit his spots, stay in the strike zone, not get rattled. That's huge. So um, a sound game, a sound series. Up next, though, the Pirates get the Twins at Minnesota. It's a weekend series. I'll just take a look at these pitching matchups here. Um, the Twins have sucked this year. They're 6-11. and 11. I think they they definitely have one of the worst, if not the worst, record in the American League. Uh, I will say, for the Pirates' sake, that kind of worries me because the Twins have playoff aspirations and they will uh, progress back to the mean. And, I mean, if the Pirates, if they win one out of these three, I honestly would be happy. Who knows, though? Maybe the Twins continue to... uh, fall and lose games but looking at the pitching matchups here tomorrow night um pirates at the twins hopefully it's not snowing still i will just say 
watching these games in Detroit with flurries. It's cold here in Pittsburgh too, but snow baseball is just kind of uncomfortable to watch. I get cold just watching it. Anyways, though, tomorrow night, 8-10, Pirates at the Twins. We have JT Brubaker, who was excellent in his last start in which he threw six innings, striking out eight. He will face off against former Pirates legend, Jay Happ. I'm only sort of kidding about the legend part. But uh, Jay Happ this year has been okay in two starts, eight and two-thirds innings. He's given up three earned. So we'll see if the Pirates can uh, hit the lefty. I wouldn't mind seeing Rodolfo Castro get a start against him tomorrow, perhaps at third base. We'll see if that happens. But uh, I I only say that because I saw Castro demolish a baseball against the lefty in spring training one time. So huge sample size there. But yeah, J-Hap against uh, Brubaker. Saturday, that's an afternoon game. We have Trevor Cahill against Michael Pineda. As we know, Cahill got pretty dinged up in his last start against the Brewers, but overall has been mostly unlucky. The bat hip against him is like over 450. So we'll see if Cahill can kind of uh, guide the Pirates through five or so innings and keep them in the game against Pineda. So far this year, Pineda, three starts. He's been excellent. 18 innings pitched. He's only given up two earned runs, and they both came on home runs. He struck out seven and walked three. So that'll be a tough matchup for the Pirates there. We'll see if you're a betting man. Twins minus one and a half in that game might not be the worst wager. That's Saturday afternoon. And then Sunday afternoon, ESPN has it listed that Chad Cool's getting the start. Chad Cool will not be getting the start as he is on the IL. I think manager Derek Shelton said the Pirates will have some combination of Sean Poppin, Luis Oviedo, and Dwayne Underwood Jr. Maybe they all go about two innings each, but there could be an opener, perhaps, for the Pirates on Sunday against Jose Barrios, who... Barrios, Barrios, Jose has been pretty solid this season. Um, In all, 21 innings pitched. He's given up seven earned runs, and he's struck out 30 and walked three. That is going to be another pretty tough matchup for the Pirates. I mean, the Twins are a good team. There's, There's no other way to put it. Their lineup, they will hit. A million home runs. Um, Looking at the Twins' schedule here, their games in general, I mean, they've just kind of – they've kind of been unlucky. They got swept by the Oakland Athletics, who – shout out to the Athletics, starting their season 0-6, and I believe they've won like 10 straight games. So good for them. They're now 12-7. and They've won 12-13. That's – pretty impressive but um the twins lost a heartbreaker to the a's yesterday i don't know if anyone saw it but basically the twins were winning 12 to 10 at one point with two outs in the ninth inning and 
there was a ground ball hit to second base. Was an error. And basically, the game was extended for the A's there. Then with two outs, or yeah, there was two outs anyway, but there was a ground ball hit to third base. Twins were up a run. Ground ball hit to third. Uh, Twins third baseman, forget who it was. Terrible throw to first. The bases were loaded at that point, and two runs scored because the ball got away from the first baseman, and they were playing in uh, the athletic stadium. So the ball rolled forever because they have those huge foul ground territory there in Oakland, and the Twins lost 13-12. to They also lost a one nothing game the game before. Um, the Twins have struggled lately. They have now lost – the Twins have lost, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They've lost nine of ten now at this point. The Pirates might be a nice antidote to uh, get them on the right track. If I had to guess, the Twins will be pretty tough in this series. And they definitely have... Uh, Two favorable pitching matchups. I will say, though, the Pirates are going to get one. Tomorrow would be that game because I do like Brubaker against Hap. I think that's a pretty even pitching matchup. We'll see, though. Um, We'll see. After this road trip, which will conclude with the Pirates and Twins series, Pittsburgh will return to PNC Park, and they face the Royals next week. Pirates pretty much getting all of their AL Central teams out of the way here in like 10 days. But they play two with the Royals, then they host the Cardinals for three, and um, that's what the schedule looks like. I'm just going to take a quick look here at the standings. I know it's April, but it's fun. It's fun to see. The Pirates are, they're now 9 and 10, like I've said. And they're now third, they're in third place. Uh, the Cardinals are 8 and 10. Cubs are 8 and 9. We'll see if the Cubs win tonight to get back to 500. The Reds are now 9 and 8. And I'm looking at the score here. Oh, they lost again in extra innings to the Arizona Diamondbacks. So thank you, Arizona, for your services. Uh, the Reds are now nine and eight. They kind of looked like the darlings. Milwaukee, I'll give them, I'll give them some kudos. Like I said, they swept San Diego. They're eleven and seven. Their starting rotation just looks insanely nasty. Corbin Burns, uh, I mean, he he's looking like one of the best pitchers in the game at this point. The Brewers are a pretty good team. Um. That starting rotation, like I said, is filthy. Looking at the running run differential here, the Pirates, minus 16 still. They're still being outscored on, on the season. 74 runs they have scored, and they've given up 90. But you can say a lot of that came in the Cincinnati series when they were outscored like 25 to 5 in two of those games. So a lot of that comes from there. We'll see though. This Pirates team, they are at least fun 
to watch. Um, so I'll give them that. We'll see who, uh, see if some new names are called up. Perhaps Todd Frazier, like I said, he'll probably be getting some regular at-bats here, especially because Hayes suffered his setback, which that is, that's the, that's the news of the day. That is the worst news. Uh, it was nice that the Pirates won, but hearing that Cabrian Hayes is going to miss more time with that wrist, apparently he heard it swinging yesterday, which I believe he was taking some BP after the, the games, after the doubleheader yesterday, which I'm not sure if it, if it's such a great idea to give Cabrian Hayes swings in cold-ass Detroit when he's coming back from a wrist injury. Once again, I'm not a doctor, but that just kind of seems a little sus to me. Um, hopefully, though, he can nurse that back, get back, and you just pray that it doesn't linger all season long. Perhaps they will be a little more cautious bringing him back a second time. Um, but yeah, losing him sucks. It really does. I will say, early on in the season, um, the Pirates have shown that they have some pretty decent trade assets. I know nobody wants to hear that when the team's winning, but long term, I mean, you look at it, Richard Rodriguez would be a huge help to a contender's bullpen at some point later in the summer. As would Kyle Crick, who has not given up a run, I believe, so far this year. He's looked solid. Um, you look at it, obviously, Colin Moran is hitting. I kind of hope the Pirates just keep him just as, you know, some source of power in the lineup. We'll see, though. He could be an asset. I know Adam Frazier would be a solid upgrade for some contender. Maybe not upgrade, but at least solid depth. Uh, thinking about Adam Frazier on a different team, he could play multiple positions. He'll give you a good at-bat, and he's a plus defender, like I said. Um, plus, all of these guys have years of control after this season. So there's definitely some potential there for some solid returns. Um, via a trade but we'll see we'll see how it goes we'll see if your hurray is called up perhaps after you know maybe next week i know uh today i was listening to Derek shelton talk to greg brown the pirates aren't super um stressed out about losing a starter yet because they do have the bullpen game sunday that's what's going to happen and then another rotate or another uh, cycle through the rotation. The Pirates will have an off day, so all of their four starters at this point will be able to go on normal rest. So they don't need another starter to be called up quite yet. But we'll see. Perhaps that could be your hurray. Um, or perhaps Chad Cool is able to return in time. Still not sure what the actual injury is. We'll probably find that out pretty soon, but... 
Who knows? Pirates are good. They're nine and eight or nine and ten. We'll see if they can get back to five hundred tomorrow against the Twins, and we'll see if they can keep stringing together wins. Um, the stats aren't really backing it up at this point, but wins are wins. Once it's over, it's over. So good for them. They're nine and ten. They're at least somewhat fun to watch. I'd say they're pretty fun to watch. Considering where the bar was before this season, this team has provided me with some some nice entertainment. So good for the Buckos. They've also won me a little bit of money, so I can't complain about that either. Um, we'll see. I'll be back again doing another pod Sunday afternoon after the conclusion of the Twins Pirates series. Hopefully... They're able to squeeze out a few more wins. Who knows? I don't really see it. I think the Twins are due, and I think the Twins are mad. And I wouldn't be surprised to see another Cincinnati-esque series where it's not really the Pirates' fault, but it's the Twins just hitting the crap out of the ball because they can and they're due. But who knows? That's why they play the games. Um, Thank you all for joining me. As always, I'm Nathan Hirsch. Follow me on Twitter at Nathan underscore Hirsch. Follow Bucks Dugout on Twitter at Bucks Dugout. Thanks, as always, to everyone listening to me right now here on the Locker Room app. Can't say it enough. This app is dope. And, yeah, I'll talk to all of you again Sunday. Have a great rest of your day. and. Let's go Bucks. Peace.